Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast. Bocafire.com. Bocafire is a better way to rent professional DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocafire is the best deal around. Use any Pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGRY15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at Bocafire.com. All right. Two gentlemen with us today are full-time magicians, Dan House and Francis Minotti, who have an upcoming show together called The Barbershop Quartet, A Magic Show. At Society Hill Playhouse, December 19th, here in Philadelphia. All right, so welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. How you doing? All right. Gentlemen, huh? Yeah. I was going to say, there's two gentlemen. There are four people oh. at the table. I'm not sure which two are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely not Stevie, that's for sure. Two gentlemen, four cups of coffee. <laughs> Keep it 100. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Stevie, why don't you start us off? All right. So, we're here with Dan and Francis, like you said. Mm. I've known Dan for a little while now. Mm-hmm. I've met Francis more recently, but you're both magicians. We are. And I know you guys known, have known each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Not to be a little generic, but kind of, where did you both get your start? What kind of made you really start to pursue the magician career? Uh, well, I mean, I got started when I was a kid, five years old, magic set, that kind of thing. And all through high school and college, I did uh, did little magic shows for kids and eventually more like schools and things. Then when I was in college, I started a magic club and uh, at Penn State University, and all the almost all the performers that started that club that worked, that performed together, almost all of us went full-time right after college. So nice. <clears throat> that was awesome. uh, 15 years ago. At Penn State? That's where I started. Ah, so you got a nice little tuition fee for Magic Club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we got, we got uh, university funding to go to Magic conventions, which was pretty awesome. Wow. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. At Penn, that's awesome. Huh. What about you, Dan? You know. I was a little bit older. When I was younger, I got a roller skate for Christmas. Just one? Just one. A, a roller skate. A roller That's skate. That's where the magic came in. He has only one out. leg, to be fair. So. <laughs> I didn't start till um, high school. Uh, I was like 18. I think it just helped me overcome sh- being shy. <clears throat> I saw Copperfield. I was hooked. My brother used to take me to the magic shop. Uh, and I would always get gags. We would always go to Hocus Pocus and buy the, the roach. And finally... The guy who owned the shop, Irv, was like, why don't you, why don't you actually buy a trick this time? <laughs> so I did, and I was hooked, and then I just started, you know, slowly, you know, creating. And It was kind of like Wee's Big Adventure, like going into that gag shop and just... Exactly, exactly. Awesome. <sighs> Go for it. So, Dan, you've made a, quite a name for yourself in the industry, inventing some great tricks like uh, Flow and your DVD, Restless. Um, you know, you've consulted and designed tricks for some big names. Uh, I know you don't talk about it much, but, uh, can you tell us a bit about what that's like designing and consulting in the magic industry? It's good. Be real, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was good. It was uh, my first trick that I ever invented was the incredible shrinking finger. And I put that out with Paul Harris. Uh, I was a, he's a big name in magic. But that was the most probably the most important trick of my career because it got me up to, to Blaine because he wanted to do it in a special. He never ended up doing it, uh, but we kept a relationship going nice. with with Paul and David, and, and I ended up going back and cons- doing some consulting. Eventually did one of my effects, uh, and then you know I just was a beast. Literally, I would just, I quit my job out of nowhere. I was a, I was a key holder at SaladWorks. I could own hey. my own company. <laughs> but instead I quit, and I literally <laughs> ate oodles and noodles for like a year, and then another trick flow came out and like that was my baby that nice was, that's what changed everything. well let's be serious no no great story ever starts off with i had a salad no so no. Don't, i think you did pretty no. good there yeah he's never you. eaten um, in oodles of noodles no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh one question i have is when i hear people and there's consulting in, in every field obviously but whenever i hear it in terms of magicians the first thing i think of is um is uh like kind of like people who hire someone to break into a safe, right? So it's kind of like, is that what it's like? Is it Funny like you okay, you deconstruct <laughs> like like you deconstruct their magic, or they just literally are kind of like you're more of a, uh, a a guest writer for you know a comedian or something? Yeah, like that. no, you're absolutely right. They um, a lot of people think that Blaine, Chris Angel, um, you know, all these big guys create their own magic and it's not it's people like me and francis and my friends not that they don't come up with any ideas right um but it's it's our creations that that they're doing you know think of it like like a talk show host you know the person whoever's the host is funny and has to you know knows his or her character but Mm -hmm. they're with the amount of material that they need you have to surround yourself by other team of writers right and it's specific choosing they say someone like blaine will say well dan knows how i think who i am what kind of thing i do and it'll bring someone, you know, those kinds of people in. Right. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. And then we, uh, then we just maintain being broke, and they be, they get rich. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can say the same thing for like, uh, you know, music industry. A lot of people yeah. start out as producers or songwriters and end up going to the other side mm-hmm. of the table. Um, you know, granted, it's it's probably much harder to to kind of make of that transition sometimes, yeah. but. It's uh, like with photography, it's the same thing. You can be a career assistant and be completely fine with it. You can make a lot of money, uh, you know, just traveling the world and seeing stuff and literally just kind of constructing sets for these photographers who in reality aren't any more talented than you are. They just made this simple choice to say, I'm going to go for it and kind of go all in, go broke kind of thing. Um, So there's really no, I think... no stigma attached to either way. It's just personality. When but. I met Francis, it was um, it was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> no, he um, for me at least. <laughs> he was already creating. Kind. He was already creating. Right. I was creating, and I was doing some shows, and he was performing. But he was more about honing who he is as a performer and, and performing, and I was more of creating. Then when we met each other, we kind of helped each other cross yeah. over, yeah. yeah. Cross yeah. streams. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. He helped me so much with my show, and, and then he started putting out more stuff. So it really, it's a it's a big world. There's yeah. a lot to do. It's a do. big world, but it's also a small world. I mean, yeah. magic is a very right. small industry. Everyone does know each other. And that's one thing I was going to ask, a follow-up. Is it, is it, I mean, I'm sure it's much like photography as well, where everyone's kind of their own entity and that kind of thing. And uh, some people, unfortunately, can look at it like everyone's competition. But I think you guys 
clearly two of you at this table uh, kind of realize that it's much more of a collaborative effort. And mm -hmm. if you have a respected peer that you respect and you want to work with and make a relationship and yeah. build that rapport mm -hmm. as opposed to just hating each other and saying this guy's a fucking dick. Yeah. And, we we still I mean? say that, but <laughs> we say it lovingly. Uh, but the, the thing is, in a, especially in a small and, and even in a big city like Philadelphia, we look at uh, competition, at least the way I look at competition is my competition is also they're my, my best friends too. Right. So, yeah. you know, if I'm out of town and can't do a gig, like, you know, last week, mm -hmm. I said, hey, Dan, do you want this? Can you take it? cover for me and you know at some point some you know it's, you'll pay it back right hopefully yeah. right yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a list but. yeah it's a little one-sided it's a, right it's, there's a tab running there's a tab yeah, it's like any creative thing Someday relationships are key yeah no, for sure for sure what's funny is is speaking about competition if you don't mind me saying this real yeah. quick really our competition are people in a way that undercut us because mm -hmm. they're getting all these gigs mm -hmm. and then these these people, you know, the, the everyday people who hire these bad magicians are saying, well, these, the, the last magician I got was horrible. Well, stop paying $100 for a magician. <laughs> but they're the ones that are, are like undercutting just like any, under, right. any, any other any, industry. Any industry, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's That's why horrible. a lot of times I've, you know, granted, I, I've worked in New York. I've worked here in Philly and now mm -hmm. I'm in uh, Maryland and it, yeah, it, to me, I've always had the other kind of side where everyone's with res with respect. People who respect me are respected peers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they, I'll collaborate with you. I will give you jobs. We will trade jobs. Whatever. Um, but the other people, I really don't even honestly think about them. No. Only because, in general, I always told people like my biggest motivator or competition is just myself. Like exactly. being better than I was a month ago, a year ago, yeah. five yeah. years ago, and and that's really all you need, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, because you start. We all know. You start comparing yourselves to others. That's one dark fucking road that sometimes oh. it's <laughs> you dark don't and come it does, back from. All it does is, if you think about it like running a race, if you are trying to run faster than other people, if you keep looking over your shoulder to mm -hmm. see where the other person is, they're going to gain on you and pass you. Mm -hmm. But if For you're sure. continuously performing better than you did before, you're always going to be... It's gonna, you're yeah. going to win right. in the nice. long run. So. Yeah, that's very true. Still learning. Still learning. Yeah. So, um, Still learning how to run? <laughs> yeah. It's that one legged thing. So. Yeah. Get that roller skate. Mm -hmm. So, Francis, we talked to Dan about you know where he started, who he's consulted with, some of the stuff he's done. And you've made quite a name for yourself as well. Um, you've performed some pretty awesome places, uh, inaugural ball, you know, and for, it was this year, I think, you were in Vegas at. R.R. Martin's theater performing? Uh, Santa Fe. But yeah, George R.R. Martin yeah. has a uh, Game of Thrones author. Yeah. He has a, a little theater. Uh, it's, a, it's a film theater, but there's a performance space in it. It's called the Jean Cocteau Theater. Um, and uh, no comments. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't going to, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, you'd like Jean Cocteau actually. Uh -huh. So, in all seriousness, but uh, but anyway, the theater it's a it's a fun space, and he brings uh, four or five magicians in through a year. Some mm -hmm. other friends of mine, um, and uh, yeah, we went out there. I basically did a handful of shows, and uh, and he happened to be at one of them, right? Yeah, and yeah. Well, he came to he he, he kind of it's his baby that yeah. little theater, so he's okay. at almost all the shows. Uh, it was great. He's a really down to earth guy, and was very very unsolicitedly complimentary um that's awesome a couple of days later i got a he, he blogged 
uh, and mentioned my show and a bunch of stuff, and it was like, damn, mm-hmm. all right, that's yeah. <laughs> that's all right. going in the press kit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's awesome. So. He also just came from from the Magic Castle for a week, right? Yeah, I was that's in the awesome. at the Magic Castle last yeah. week for Halloween week. The Magic Hollywood, Hollywood Magic Castle is a private club out in L.A. Uh, a lot of people heard of it or know of yeah. it, but it's a really cool place. Is um, I don't know too much about the different you know places like. You know, I think <clears throat> one of your fellows, Calvin, went to London to try out for Magic, Magic Circle, Circle, right? Circle. Yeah. And then I think he mentioned he's coming back to try out. Was it the Magic Castle? I think something to do with like and Neil Patrick Harris. He owns yeah. one of those. Is that he, that? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, he, he was the president of the Magic Castle, the Academy okay. of Magical Arts. Um, right now it's Erica Larson of mm-hmm. the Larson family who started the Magic Castle. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, actually, NPH, uh, <laughs> he, did, he did an amazing job as a president. He really yeah. made the castle, uh, he brought it up along with the current general manager, just took it from a great place and made it to a really successful business in the last few years. It's awesome to hear, you know, names like that getting behind magic and like supporting getting, that getting behind magic but also getting literally like really down and dirty with it i mean they, yeah. they got there you know uh neil patrick harris was performer. very great performer great yeah. magician and he was like, super accessible like so if you're out there when he wow. was a president he would just come up to you and say hey how's it going what can we do differently can i make this better for you wow and awesome. totally unassuming totally cool um and really hard worker. And he has his new show, right? I haven't checked it out. Yeah, uh, the uh, best damn show or best uh, best night, best night ever. Best night ever. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I actually I saw one of those. Pretty, and is it pretty is cool. it like awesome. a straight improv the entire time? It's, how do you describe it? I think it's it's, it's sort of a modern uh, variety show. Is kind hmm. of what uh, yeah, it's, what has yeah. been. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I'll yeah, check it it's out. super cool. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea he was actually a practicing magician. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was his, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Super good. He's got some good chops and everything. Wow. It reminds me, the only thing I can think of is, what was that movie um, with uh, Steve Carell, Alan? Uh, yes. Um, and I, did, I consulted on that. Burt Wonderstone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't consult on it. I did the uh, premiere for it. Oh, premiere. wow, that's awesome. Did you do that with no, me? No, I wasn't. I wasn't it, uh, uh, and I'm sure I that kind of... talking about that. Yeah. T- talk about it for a second. Yeah, did it, did yeah. it kind of... Act, obviously it was a parody, but did it did it kind of accurately to a point kind of portray the the kind of the I way think things so. are? I thought, it, yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought I, mean, I didn't see it. So I don't know. <laughs> it was it was very bad funny. Right. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah, I I liked it. It was. It didn't do. It didn't do that great. No, it didn't. <laughs> no. It didn't. But I, I mean, I I appreciated it. Yeah, it was because to me, even when it's. Uh, not very good. It's like it's still enjoyable. Yeah, right? it was it's good. just not going to win. There's any a awards. difference between watching an entertaining dumb movie and like a film experience. Right, right, right. right and that's right. what it, it was just entertaining. Yeah. And you gotta like those guys to begin right. with. Oh, you of know? course. Like I like the the slapstick dumb dumb stuff. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, Dan, I mean, you already kind of mentioned it, but you know, let's 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 kind of let's have you kind of uh, do the whole name drop thing again. Um, well, um, Christian is my nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a niece. <laughs> is, I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, name drop. Um, honestly, it's not, I didn't do a lot of consulting and stuff. Uh, I did, uh, I did the one I, I consulted for the most was, was David. Um, but I got asked to, to work for Copperfield and Chris Angel and, you know, it's kind. Of, I don't know how I'm gonna look back on it one day, but right. 
I got to turn them down, you know. Wow. I regret it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hindsight's hindsight's yeah, twenty twenty. At first, right? I thought Here, it was. Would great. you like no. all this money and fame and fame? No. no, and that's the thing, you. and it's not. I'm taking the high road. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going back, back to, to my to oodles and noodles. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes that's worth keeping doing. it real. It's not. Is you'd think so though, you know? Even like I think ninety nine percent of the fr- my friends who did it ended up quitting, you know. And, yeah. And uh, no, I did make the right decision, you know, yeah. like, you know, he it, just, well, I mean, to me, it's like, uh, I, it's tough because in the industry, same thing with photographers, you do a certain thing and you get labeled a sellout mm. or, or whatever. Right. I'd sell and out it's right. And you're sitting there going like, oh man, you know, screw that guy. But I, on the other side of the coin, I look at it like, uh, in terms of, um, like entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? You build something, whether it's an app or, or whatever, you know, a, a site, a platform, a uh, product, and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, sometimes you can work out that decision too, but at the same time, to say that you can, um, you know, be able to then take that money that you made off of it and pivot and either do something else entirely mm-hmm. or redesign another product, you know, because it, 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 then that uh, that money allows you to sustain your lifestyle, to live, and then to fund other things. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of looked at it like, if you can sell out for a little bit, you can always go That's, do something else. I have pretty strong feelings about all that. Uh, the the selling out thing, it, the the concept to me of a starving artist is a stupid artist. Um, <laughs> they, they, because what you're doing is you say, oh, I believe so strongly in my art that I'm not going to do this other thing. Well, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're preventing. Mm-hmm. You're actually proving that you don't love your art enough. Right. Right. Um, selling out, I think, is the wrong word. I think it's compromise, and it's mm-hmm. figuring out what level of compromise you can reach that's within your own ethics. Right. You know, and, and say, okay, well, there's certain things that I'll turn down because is it's at the what's the end road? The the end result is you know what's the it's sort of the greatest. Uh, the greatest possible good is to get my art out there. In mm-hmm. my, you know, we're always we're always thinking from our own perspective. Yeah. So, what what does it take to get there? Mm-hmm. And if I can do this, that, or the other thing that will allow me, you know, will give me more funding or give me the right kind of exposure to right. do something for his exposure is not the right reason. But if you know if you know what you're getting out right. of it, to, to, to then yeah, take the right that actions. right. Yeah, as long as you're smart and you really love what you're doing. It, and, and realize you don't have to answer to anyone but yourself. Yeah. Like don't don't listen to the thing. Never listen to the naysayers. Never right. listen to people That's saying, true. "Oh, well, why'd you do that?" I mean, haters I'm, gonna hate. Yeah, hate, hate, hate. Well, there's there's you know the <laughs> without uh, everyone knows the the most famous reality uh, competition show out there right now. Um, we're you know I'm sure you were offered a, or emailed recently about it also, or if well, not, the you voice, will be. the voice, uh, yeah, the voice, yeah, <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I've turned this particular show down, I yeah. believe 11 or 12 times. It's wow. only 13 seasons. I think it's like 10 or 11, 11, 12. And it's re- the reason is because it's the first time, but yeah. 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 <laughs> the reason is so, how many things, it does not fit my path right. with what I'm doing. Right. You know, I know what's involved. I know personal stories of people who have mm. been so screwed over by it. Right. Um, and I'm a control freak. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. It might make sense for someone else. It's like, uh, it definitely doesn't make what sense was the me. one that... Uh, American Idol, right? Yeah. Think about it. Every person who's won, you never hear from a year or two later. But the people who went on it and leveraged the exposure and mm-hmm. did their own thing mm-hmm. yeah. are still the ones that are successful and, and at least relevant. 
Right. You know, relevance keyword. It's all a matter yeah. of what it's out. Yeah. It's do do what you want to do and figure out how to use it. Like anytime you do a TV spot or a publicity spot, it's not that thing is not going to get you anything. It's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. That's true. For Speaking, sure. You know, you know, name dropping, like having the uh, opportunity to, to do Chris Angel, um, to consult for him. To do Chris Angel. And, uh, I came <laughs> out, I, hey, I he was, took a different route to the top. Okay? <laughs> yes. Speaking of selling out. It's not really at the top right? Yeah, uh, you know, so many people would be like, you're, you know, you're stupid for not taking that. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought that he was only going to hurt my career. Mm-hmm. There was nothing at the at the time in my life that he could do for me. Right. I had already had a name in the magic community. You know, mm-hmm. to me, that was a, the only thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, it was like, I don't need this guy. If anything, if people hear that I work for Chris, then they're going to be like, I'm not going to buy his product anymore because he's, you know, he doesn't have... In the magic community, the he's best. polarizing at best. Yeah, right? you know, I, and I have nothing. Honestly, I have nothing against him. I think he's a hard worker. I think he did his thing. You know, mm-hmm. it just but, it what just like to, Francis said, it didn't work for me. Yeah, you you, you kind of know? know what you want to do and who you right. are in that mm-hmm. industry. You don't want to go down that, you know, long haired. <laughs> I do regret a couple, but that's not one. Yeah, but then, like you said, that's that's you know that's kind of half the battle is. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you make that, that kind of risk and that kind of thing. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes yeah. it bites in the ass. But in the end, your, your conscience is I clear. didn't blow him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Francis just glaring at you being like this. He's you even did. got the you word, did. He's even got the word liar tattooed in his arm, yeah. let's be honest. He's yeah. fucking lying. He's like, you did. You yeah. blew him. Yeah. Well, with that, that's a good transition to a couple I things. I want to know where this is going. <laughs> Um, Blowing Chris Angel <laughs> transition to what? Well, Dan, you've been a big <laughs> right back to me. I, I, I didn't blow him. I said I, I, I can't. I can't even try to be funny and say what I was going to say. No, no. But, don't try it. Well, no, talking about the TV shows and that kind of exposure. Um, you'd both recently this year been on a show. <clears throat> how how was that experience? You know, we already kind of talked about that whole thing, but. Francis, you were on Fool Us with Penn and Teller. Dan, you were on Wizard did, Wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of just briefly, just kind of describe how that was, how, what went into that. Yeah, how you found the whole experience. What's crazy is, in a way, I was on Penn and Teller Fool Us too, but not because yeah. in Wizard Wars the judges That's were really fooling them. Was <laughs> right. was Penn and Teller fool? Uh, was Penn and Teller? Um, but it was more of a competition. Uh, uh, not not as if that wasn't, but this was more competition against mm-hmm. another team. And um, it was a good experience. I, I, I don't think I would do it How again. How long was the whole like production of it? Three days. Well, oh, well what's funny is phone tag and all this and, and them changing the, you know everything the last minute was a few weeks. I flew out one day, literally came back. Flew out one day, came back three times. And, mm. then, huh. and it was very high, intense, pressured, very, very unorganized, uh, unfortunately. But overall... It was a it was a cool experience. That's the way I feel like Francis is being you know mm-hmm. Penn and Teller fools is. So this was the second season they shot. Much, they, yeah. they had shot the first season over in the UK a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. aired it as the first season in the US last it was successful year. Successful there too, right. uh, and it did well both places. Um, uh, so they renewed it and did second season, which is when so right. in January of this year I got an email about it. I think it was January. But um, for me, the backstory on it was kind of interesting because I had a trick that I was all ready to release. It was the Scrabble trick that I eventually did on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been doing this for years. I sold it to a uh, another production company, um, Magic 
trick production company called Vanishing Inc. And they're uh, actually getting ready to release it right now. But we were ready to go at the beginning of this year. And then I got the email and I said, whoa, hey guys, can I, let's sit on this for a second. Um, With the licensing you did, right? Yeah, I basically said, let's see what happens with, with doing it on the show. And I thought of it because my thinking of it was doing the show would be help. Would I can spin it and use you know publicity? It would also be a great uh, experience to do the show, and it was. And I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, on top of it, with the trick that I'm about to sell, um, by doing it on the show, if it fooled them, great, that boosts uh, interest in sales. If it doesn't fool them, well, it's still seen on national TV. Exactly. So no matter what, it was a win-win-win yeah. situation. So that is talking about compromise. I didn't really see any compromise for doing the show anyway. But if I were to, those are the things I'd weigh. I'd say, well, what can I get out of it, mm-hmm. and how? And is this is this better than, like, is is it better to do it or worse to do it? And if it's better, then I'll do it. Right. So in this case, I did it. Um, it was a really well organized show. Uh, it was really well produced. Everyone was extremely friendly and helpful, uh, respectful. Penn and Teller, the whole staff. They their goal with the show. The goal with the show isn't to fool Penn and Teller. That's what the label right. is. Mm-hmm. The goal is to show good magic on TV right. for ev- everyone. Yeah, for everyone to enjoy. And so, and even when Penn is, you know, describing how he thinks the trick works, uh, he's using faux language, you know, non right. non uh, secrets. Um, Magician talk. Right. And <laughs> right. so, basically, it gives enough people who the inter- information to look it up if they really want to. Right. Or and not. then make their own. They can deduce their own. Right. They have the decision to make that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, all the way through and through, it was a great experience. Um, And, you know, I'm, I put out there what I wanted to with the realization. I'm, I'm, I always put out what I'm doing and what I want to, not worried about what other people think. So I know there's going to be some people who are like, oh, that's too wordy or boring or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was hysterical. And I was, the whole, that's the whole point. Right. Well, that's exactly, that's the point of that. It's freaking magical that you remember all those words. People, people who haven't seen it. For the next two, let's say the next thirty seconds, talk like you did <laughs> on stage, and just see if anyone can. Well, I'll just go into deduce. a bit of the script. Yeah. It's yeah. I say uh, in the middle of the trick, I have these Scrabble tiles uh, selected, and then I start saying what I'm doing with the trick, and that's naturally as this priority may be already perspicacious to you. Um, <laughs> while words may be diverting and pulchritudinous, they can, if overused, cognitively perturb, but also be a pleonastic and intellectual fardle to the auditor. <laughs> Boom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blown. I just wanted huh? to say fartle. Yeah. So here's another follow up question. Is that, I mean, that's obviously when you do this stuff, like comedians, you guys practice your material over and over and over again to like be able to nail it. Is that literally just like memorization at this point? Um, everyone has different. Uh, ways of performing. Mm-hmm. I'm very much more a scripted performer than mm-hmm. I am a like. Even when it comes, even the stuff that sounds not scripted in my shows, um, I'm I'm much better at script things than right. I am. So yeah, everything is memorized. But the reason is I like to do all my thinking and all my work up front. So when I'm on stage, I don't have to think at all. Exactly. So I'd right. like to do all the work, and then when I'm on stage, then I can interact mm-hmm. with the audience for right. real. Right. Because it's almost like the that's the that's the kind of improv aspect of it. Right. Is that you're not completely ad libbing, right? right. But mm-hmm. you're you're gonna at least kind of feel it out and, and go with it. That's pretty interesting. All he right, has cool. another effect where he speaks like that. I just want to put that on the table. Oh, that's where I shuffle my cards and my words mixed up become a little also. So. Oh. <laughs> and what's dyslexic the name? people love that. What's trick. the name of it? It's actually called Extisglation Uffle. So. <laughs> and it is probably what would you say is even more 
Well, that was more difficult to remember. Neither. Not they're both. They're, just, they're both just words. Yeah. I mean, they're it, both it, just, they're just They're just words. Yeah. What are words? No, really? no, no, no because yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, dummy. Yeah. Think, think about the everyone, you know the, the the movie and the play uh, Mary so Poppins. Dumb. You know, so yeah. with Mary Poppins, you guys can all finish the phrase supercalifragilistic. Right, and you didn't even have to think about it because it, and it's just sounds, you yeah. know. So you just memorize it. Mm. Um, it's yeah, now that you mentioned just sound <laughs> recognition. I make a lot kind of like a cow sounds. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. So basically, when I'm on stage, I actually don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> the just, words, I'm just pressing play. It's, yeah, it's like in a, it's like an old school. You know, Will Ferrell's character just kind of starts debating, and then all of a sudden just realizes he's blacked out the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, this is where Francis has helped me a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Although he's still struggling with uh, getting me to script more, I'm completely the opposite. Right, the only the one scripted piece in my show still is the one that we we did together that he that he helped me with. Um, yeah, I need to be a little more scripted, but I'm so. I I think I love impromptu being impromptu so much that it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but no, and, and there is there is kind of, and I'm sure it's you know what you're balancing there is mm. uh, is nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, yeah, your confidence, thinking on your feet, critical Foy. thinking, you <laughs> yeah. know, that kind of stuff. Where where it's it's I'm sure very valuable in what you guys do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time. Um, maybe Francis's approach and in reality it's a lot the same with photographers is that when they're different it's you know it's respecting the fact they're different but then realizing hey some of this stuff I could apply to myself Mm -hmm. or you could trade back and forth like Mm -hmm. you know he's very scripted but he just said like he he works with the audience in a very because you never know what you're going to get in a very kind of improv kind of manner so it's kind of like you guys play off each other and that's probably why you're together that's why we're doing the show in December is because we've got it's not just the two of us but two other magicians well three really Mm -hmm. and it's four very different five very different people and personalities and it's going to be good for the audience also going to be good for ourselves for for each other Mm -hmm. Um, can you guys go into that a little bit maybe describe what people might expect to come to yeah, see. Yeah, absolutely. That show is, uh, so Dan and I were talking about doing a show uh, with a few performers, mm-hmm. and we um, we were kind of going back and forth, and I said, we sat down and said, well, why don't we have it, we need some sort of uh, through line, some sort of host or something. We don't want just like a regular magic show with right. an MC. Performer, and, performer, yeah. performer. Yeah. Right. So we said, well, we have this guy that is a, he's a great magician and a great performer, and he happens to be a barber. Mm-hmm. And uh, for real. And mm-hmm. we said, well, it's John, John the Barber. So um, without even asking him, we just started writing him into the show. Literally. Yeah. Basically, I pick my friends and say, all right, you're going to do this. And then I ask them later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, make it so he's, the, the concept is, uh, the stage set is kind of like a whimsical sort of barber shop, kind of mm-hmm. like a, a Tim Burton-esque or Edward Gorey, uh, absurd, surreal yeah. kind of barber shop. And he's sitting there, and it's a slow day at the barber shop, and uh, so no one's there. There's four barber chairs on the upstage wall. People come in. Uh, he, people don't come in. He just starts lamenting about how this sucks, and he says, <laughs> "Well, but I have my at least I have my imagination." And he talks about these characters he's imagined, mm-hmm. and each time he imagines this, he's a magician, so he imagines these magician characters coming in, and then that person comes in. So Dan oh, comes in and does his style. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like he's... Almost is, like is his style like the Dick Tracy type kind of guy, or he just comes in John with a Tommy is, gun? No, John is old school. Yeah, he's actually old school, too. I think he meant you. Style. Oh, me. I was talking more about well, you're, you. You're, 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 a, you're a traveling for this, for time... This, yeah, not so much. Yeah, time traveler, but yeah. more of a different time period, you know? Um but uh, Twilight Zone esque, you know, yes, film film noir almost. <laughs> yes. 
Um, <laughs> but and then you've got, you know, Peter Pitchford is a, is a magician. He's going to be the, the janitor character for the shop, but he's going to, he does a very classical style uh, uh, trick, uh, re- routine mm-hmm. referencing uh, the great Cardini. And so he's going to... Beautiful mm-hmm. piece. Really I'm glad cool. he's doing that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And yeah. I do very weird absurdist stuff. And then Randy does uh, more like street kind of edgy, mm-hmm. not street, but just... Classic, Cla- classic, but yeah, very engaging. Like well urban, factor. urban, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, like yeah, urban-ish. I guess something. Yeah. It seems, yeah, it it seems like it's going to be a great mix, just from all you guys being here, like shooting your photos and just seeing the, you know, the visual. That's right. Dynamic. You, you've, you've taken the about, pictures of all the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stevie's putting the poster together. Yeah, for the nice. show. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, just like seeing you guys all here, like at different times, you you can already feel that like really diverse kind of experience. So I'm I'm really excited to go see it. And it's going to be something different in yeah. Philly for sure. Be a nice uh, kicker at the end too. Yeah, yes. it's a nice little moment. Yeah. There's some several. Good how many things. how many shows is it going to be? Dan's going to be doing something with Chris Angel at the end. Kiss <laughs> <laughs> Angel. Um, that's where you have to be as as eighteen or older it. to get tickets. <laughs> but uh, but no, what the it's right now it's one show, but mm-hmm. the we're I'm looking at it kind of as a, almost like a pilot episode, mm-hmm. like it's going, mm-hmm. uh, not to make it episodic, but to say we're going to draw we're going to do this and then um, try and pitch it. Uh, and other places because I nice. think it's going to do really well. Yeah, here. it's a very tourable. Yeah, tourable. Yeah, tourable, for sure. Not terrible. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or not. even just like uh, like you said, if it, if it takes off well, say okay, it's a five show engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know, over two weeks and, or something. And the nice right. thing is, we also we're designing the show so while every par- every character is important, we are making it a little bit plug and play that um, that that if someone can't make it, or right, someone can says, oh, we can in. get a different mm-hmm. performer in, and it'll be fine. So right. it'll be and you'll still have without variety. losing exactly. It mm-hmm. won't lose the personal feel, but it'll be uh, uh, more commercial. That we way. are doing an age limit, aren't we going to? Uh, you have to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they're this tall, they can walk in. Yeah, no, I think we are magic. probably. Check, we were talking about like check that man in the front. <laughs> 14, <laughs> I don't know, 14, 16, something like Those that. Those midgets yeah, can't yeah. hold their booze. <laughs> oh, little little person, dude. They're listening. <laughs> Those little people midgets. <laughs> Those little midgets. So can either of you guys? I know we, we talked about <laughs> that hell. that kind of uh, show that you guys are coming working with, and it, and it sound, honestly, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, well, we're great. So. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, are there any? Can you guys, either one of you, talk about any tricks you might be working on? I mean, how does that kind of like how does that work? Let's just say, run us through They're illusions. Yeah, sorry, the illusions. Uh, run us through how kind of like the whole process is from. Okay, I got this idea. Okay, I'm gonna try it. Okay, I'm gonna perform it. From everyone might be different. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Absolutely. one of you guys is like a few weeks, a few months, or. Well, this is good actually because he and I think of very think things. Operate very differently mm-hmm. on creativity. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's um, it's it's not even the what trick do I want to create. It's let's say I have this spoon. Mm-hmm. I'll just stare at it for hours and hours and days and months if I have to. Very matrix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or something will just come to mind. You know, mm-hmm. like the way flow is created. Um, I'm religious, but not crazy religious. But it was very very godlike the way it came about because mm-hmm. I just everything just worked out so beautiful and it just seemed like I was being guided to to just create that one effect and it right. just worked and it was just but usually it's it's I pick something up and I look at it or I have somewhat of an idea right but it literally is playing all day long and just cutting pasting you know just non-stop just at this one thing right until you force kind of like forcing a a breakthrough yeah Mm -hmm. or you could read something and you a lot of you know a lot of times like 
my fiance, uh, he gets very mad. Uh, no, she uh, she'll just be like you watch you watch videos all the time, and so I'm just right. like, but that is a part of my job. Yes, yeah, for not, sure. Uh, yeah. Being aware of everything around you right. at all times. Right. You know? and I actually go exactly the opposite direction, <laughs> why, he's, he's, which he's, is why he's successful. Yeah, he, lock, he locks himself in a black dark room. Yeah. No, I mean from the from the being aware. Down. That's well, that's just a normal Wednesday. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, the, uh, which is why I'm here, it's a Thursday. Um, <laughs> the, the, the being aware of everything that's out there, I actually don't adhere to that when it mm-hmm. comes to creativity. I actually prefer to have an idea and isolate myself from what's out there. I like to create as much as I can uh, without knowing what exo- exists already in that realm to a point. And then I'll say, right. okay, here's my rough draft. Here's my idea. Then once I get to a certain point, then I'll look out and see what's out there. And because if I do if I do that too early, if I see what's out there first, then I might be influenced by things right. that I don't want mm-hmm. to be. So instead, mm-hmm. what I do is I go as far as I can. Then I look out there, see what else is there, what's and, been done before. And right. sometimes I'll say, oh, that's been done before, but that's good. At least I'm thinking in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Or that person's done something, and that's better than my method, or my method's better than theirs, or whatever. And either right. way, it basically form. Then I can form the rest of the trick. But I don't start with the trick personally. And I, I know a lot of people say they don't, and a lot of people don't, and very you know think in different ways. For me, it's I look at what do I want to say. For ma- magic, for me, is a metaphor for greater concepts. So it's always it's, not, it's never about the trick. The trick is just it's necessary. It's like, like the vehicle, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the trick is necessary. A good trick that fools the audience is necessary. The same way a good patty of beef is necessary for a hamburger. Right. You know, it has to be there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not a hamburger. Mm-hmm. But uh, that doesn't make a good hamburger. You yeah, need the good dressing. Sure. You need the good mm-hmm. um, the bun, bun, all the, that the kind plate, of stuff. The condiments. You know, yeah. Um, you know, the everything ice cream on top. Whatever you put on. So that's pretty neat. So you, like you were saying, is that you have the idea because, like you said, you want something to be what you want to do. Right. So you pick the idea and then you kind of open yourself up to kind of proof of concept. You know, Mm -hmm. okay, has it been done? Is it working? Am I going right? What can I do better? What can I do differently? Um, That kind of stuff. And then go from there. So it's pretty interesting. I do, yeah. Which is crazy, about the method last kind of stuff. Which is crazy, though, because it is very... Influential, because um, if I see him do something, I'm like, "Wow, that's really cool." The way he presented that trick, right? You know, as to where somebody might see my trick and they're just like, "That's an amazing trick," but there's nothing really behind it, you know? Right. Like, sometimes I don't even perform my own stuff. I just create it because I've created it for for the right. For, so <laughs> when the two but, of us team up, we kind of he make he might make a method of mine better, or I might make a presentation of his better, yeah. or whatever. But it works. Yes. It's a collaborative effort. Absolutely, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, it's really kind of like awesome. you know you figure the same thing with comedians, right? I mean, some people you can sit there and say you wrote a joke, but if someone doesn't tell it right mm-hmm. and doesn't have the same presence mm-hmm. and timing. That's everything, much yeah. like I'm sure in magic. But again, the cool thing is there's so many different kinds of magic, ways you can do it. Like you said, you started lab- uh, not labeling, but you started describing the four people that are in this, um, you know, barbershop quartet. And immediately I was like, oh, wow, I've known all those different types of, of magic or ways people mm-hmm. do it. And they all fall under this big umbrella right. that is illusions. And yeah, it's like how to put them in the same show. You have to find that through line, the theatrical mm-hmm. arc. It's mm-hmm. one destination. There's just different roads to get there. Yeah, and all they have to be is themselves, which is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to do other people's stuff. Francis gets to come out, and, and so it'll make the whole show completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have the good looks. <laughs> I just bring the bravado. <laughs> so, Stevie, why don't you get the uh, second to last one? Is that a cream-filled donut? One. Bravado? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> mm. Which 
one. Which uh, where are we? Speaking of television. Oh uh, yeah. Yours? Uh, yeah, it's, we're kind of backtracking a little bit, but um, in terms of television, we're going to backtrack a little bit. Okay. Like when we were talking about TV and what shows you were on, the reality shows that are on, like the Carbonaro Effect, Great the show. Um, That's, like yeah, Troy. Show, yeah. What do what do you what are your feelings about those kinds of shows? Do you think that really kind of boosts the magic community and like makes a, a an awareness that it might not have had before? Or yeah, which which shows specifically? <laughs> just it's like important. The, okay, well, uh, the, the ones I'm familiar with, like the Carbonaro Effect, the mm-hmm. uh, the I think the Illusionists and the what's is Troy Troy Street Troy, Magic. Yeah. Those yeah. are those are the only few that I'm really familiar with, but. Um, I, I don't want to go into the Chris Angel or any of that stuff. Yeah, well, but, but I mean, you kind of have to because it's all out there. It's whatever is on. Anytime mm-hmm. magic's on TV, in some way, it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really say that through gritted teeth. But in some <laughs> some manner, it's good because it's exposure of. I mean, the proper exposure yeah, of magic. Bringing it to the people masses. say, oh yeah, magic. Um, back when Penn and Teller, uh, back when uh, Blaine was first on years and years ago, like back in ninety seven, ninety eight, mm-hmm. first time he came on, Penn and Teller were asked, you know, what do you think of of David Blaine? Mm-hmm. And uh, Penn's response was kind of glibly, we, we love him because, uh, you know, at least at the time, he wasn't doing anything live. So people could see him on TV, but mm-hmm. they couldn't see him live and they wanted to see live magic, so they'd come to see us. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really, yeah. I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. So when you see magic uh, on TV, people say, oh, that's cool. And I want to, well, hopefully they say that's cool. Um, or that sucked. I want to see better mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. Which is good. But then you seek out, right, you seek out is, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Michael Carbonaro has got, in my opinion, the the, the first new uh, presentation, really uh, genre changing mm-hmm. um, uh, magic show. I, I mean, you've got, you've had, yeah, there's got, there've been other kinds of like, there've been attempts at doing like reality era yeah. prank shows yeah. and stuff. They they haven't, in my opinion, haven't worked. Mm-hmm. This is he he makes it work because it's his personality. He's not being a jerk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's He's experiencing it with them, yeah, and right. so it's kind of fun. It's a it's a so hidden good. camera show, but it's still so it's it's new, and I think it's great. And then, yeah. and by and large, the lay audience that I talk to, at least everyone loves the show. They don't talk about any other magic shows yeah. like they talk about that one. Right, so that's good. Do you think when people think of magic, because a lot of these TV shows, when they think of magic, they're just like street magic. Do you think like the stage kind of gets lost in that when you know there are shows out there like this? I know, I know you guys, you know, Matt, it's a live performance thing, which I love. Like, how do you, how do you relate those? What? I don't, people have, street magic appeals more to the young magicians, Mm -hmm. to young, you know, young people about to be magicians than it does to real people, I think. And by real people, I mean, you know, adults who want to see magic Mm -hmm. and so forth. I do think they'll, they'll watch it kind of passingly, but... I think young magicians aspiring to be magicians will look at street magic and say, hey, I don't need a big fancy stage. I can just go out and do stuff, which yeah. is true. But then they lose the fact that they need to also have presentation, which a lot of the time street magic does not mm-hmm. have uh, a story, a presentation. Yeah. To, yeah. It doesn't engage the audience. It's a quick trick. It's a show off thing. And no one likes show offs. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I should quit street magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a good point though for for me and Francis is we've done it all, and that's I think you need to do that. We, we everything. Ha- not street <laughs> magic. When people say street magic, we're not on the street, but 
bars. It, to me, that's more street it's, magic. Yeah, you it's know? instant impromptu, se- seemingly yeah. impromptu magic. Kid shows. You know, I, mean, it's, yeah, I, I think, think that makes you a full performer. Right, you know? right. Like to say, I can do mostly anything. I think know? the last time Dan I saw your show, he, he went out to the bar afterwards. Because that's what you do. Mm. And it, like, it was kind of, it was cool to go to see, you know, you in a natural atmosphere, not in the show. You're just drinking, have a good time. Then you just went up to the waitress. You know, you want to see something. Yeah, she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> she was hot. And then you did this crazy trick, and it kind of blew my mind. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how relatable. I just wanted to talk. About no, that's this. good. Uh, I think you should be able to do that. You know? <laughs> no, it's it's it, it gives you an appreciation to something you see a lot. Like right, everyone know. has their own uh, concept of what magic should be, and there's no right yeah. or wrong answer. For me, the idea of doing it impromptu just say hey watch this yeah. i don't prefer that i prefer it to have some sort of meaning or backstory but uh-huh. you can but, but you can but it can yeah, it's right. just not yeah. what i choose to right. do you know it's, yeah uh-huh. it's, a, it's a matter of taste yeah nice. i think yeah there you're a performer both of you and i think that's the appreciation i got just kind of seeing it you know out of the blue really very right. random you still had your, oh, you know. Uh, it's it maybe analogous since you're, uh, you guys, you know, photographers. Yeah. Maybe analogous to you can have a studio and do, uh, you can do artistic things. You can do uh, your own vision, but you can also go shoot a wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you right. could right. do it. You might not enjoy it, mm-hmm. and someone else might love doing it. Right. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's just being able to do, have, being able to do multiple things having multiple tools in your toolbox just mm-hmm. makes you a better constructor my toolbox <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so listen um before we end we always like to ask our guests uh if there's anyone in particular they'd like to hear from um you know or see on the show uh so it doesn't have to be anyone um photography based or even magicians per se um but just anyone out there who's a general creative that you think um, people would like to hear from yeah, I mean, I've got a couple that I can suggest very strongly. One is a very good, well, they're both good friends of mine, but uh, one is a theater director, specifically my theater director for shows um, that I've been I've been working on. Her name is Rebecca Schaefer, uh, and uh, she has a theater group, a theater company called Viscosity Theater, and they're based out of Montana, cool. uh, Whitefish, Montana, um, which I just did a, a series of shows with them. They're Cabaret Show, a great group of performers, and she's just a great director, very interesting uh uh, she's done, you know, TED Talks and, and, and oh, other wow. kinds awesome. of things. And she's really, really inspiring. And another person I'd recommend is a, a duo, actually. A, um, they're called the Library Bards. Uh, the Library Bards, it's Bonnie Gordon and her partner Xander. Bonnie and Xander do these sort of nerdy spoofs of pop songs. They'll take songs like uh, All About That Bass and turn mm-hmm. it into All About That Space. And it'll be <laughs> like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly kind of stuff. And then That's awesome. that Lord of the Rings thing of the Taylor Swift, uh, um, Shake It Off, they do uh, Named Gandalf. And so they, <laughs> it's a whole, and they do a lot of comic cons and everything, but they do really smart, really clever um, music videos and music songs. And actually... I gave him a song recently that we just shot a music video, so watch out for that. Nice. All right. I'll definitely have to check it out. So you're up, Dan. Um, If I'm not being cheesy, I would say (laughs) my beautiful fiance, Jessica Saint. She's a phenomenal makeup artist. Um, I know know her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you? Well. (laughs) (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? No, she's she's brilliant. I think she uh, she would make a great show. Um, And also... um, 
since uh since that's it i probably my aunt ann she is a she's really good at sewing and it's just like the aunt annie's the, the pretzel woman no 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 i can't think of anybody <laughs> off, off the cuff right now but no, um, definitely uh i think there's makeup is huge right now right know? not right. as if it not as if uh, it wasn't before mm-hmm. but um do we know any good comedians no. No. <laughs> no. No. No one's funny. That. No one's right. funny anymore. Yeah. Well, listen. I'll uh, tell you who you shouldn't actually, have on the show anymore. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, look, up, look up Harrison Greenbaum. But other than that, I'd say, yeah. Okay. All right. So listen, guys. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for, thank being you for having us on. I really yeah. like two of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, um, some people may... Uh, wonder magicians that's different but honestly after talking to you guys there's a lot of overlap and synergies with all kinds of different stuff so it's awesome uh, can't yeah. wait for the show yeah, yeah me neither awesome all right and i think honestly i'll try and see if i can make it down there i'd, I'd love to check it out too we'll yeah. save awesome. you a seat all right. sweet yeah. Thanks, all right guys thank we'll, you uh, thank you and uh see you soon see Sounds ya good. thank you